0: that now okay all
1: right we're We're back
0: back. um and we're doing something special today we're starting a series within our podcast series (laughs) called inside the thespian studio and our inaugural guest is george alesky welcome george welcome hey hi thank you you for being here with us today
1: so excited
2: (laughs) It's no, it's a pleasure. It's also this is history because it's like it's the first time um Ryan Travanko and I have booked the same part. Yes. Oh my
3: gosh, we that's right. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan was so fun. That was an awesome episode. I really enjoyed that one.
0: How how did how do you know Ryan? Uh through Actors Selectuals. Um <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. But Actors
3: Actor so. Selectuals, sorry, I, I feel like it, that account is like such a like therapy for me or like I just feel like that's such an amazing account where I'm just like I meet so many like actors who are like have and we all like have the same problems essentially
2: no totally I mean it's like I've been waiting for like 10 years for some sort of like actor meme content and I
1: just
2: wasn't brave enough to do it and then and then they were (laughs) yeah (laughs) but I did know of Ryan before because um he more or less books every Eastern European part that I don't book so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's funny. yeah what
0: what what is oleski uh does that
2: name come from yeah oh wow so i'm half lithuanian jewish and half irish
3: that's awesome so are you from new york originally where where did you uh where were you born essentially
2: uh born in boston and cool. i grew up in this um suburb called newton mass um, nice And um, yeah, everybody knows. Everybody seems to know someone from Newton. I don't know. Jack Lemons from there. Matt Mm -hmm. LeBlanc is from there. Mm
3: -hmm. Interesting.
2: (laughs) Matt Matt Um, Damon's dad coached the uh, coached the soccer team in Newton.
3: Yeah, that's cool. And so, how basically, how did you find acting, or how did acting find you?
2: Yeah, it's funny. Like, um, I was always drawn to cinema. And um, was always like very moved by films as a as a young lad, um, and then I, and I I did some extracurricular. I actually had a callback to the Leave It to Beaver movie that came out in the nineties.
0: <gasps> oh wow. my god! My I used to out. love that movie as a child. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, it was like it was kind of an extracurricular activity of mine. I I like I was part of this group called the Freelance Players, um, and then and. In high school, I was in a production of Hamlet. Um, I played Laertes, and and it was like, you know, it was the first time I really took acting seriously, although I had these aspirations to be a filmmaker. Um, I ended up going to this small liberal large school in Western Mass called Hampshire College. Um, and I chose it because, you know, you could start working with 16 millimeter film. Um,
1: mm-hmm
2: like oh, within yeah. the first semester and we were editing on flatbeds. and It was really fun. And then, you know, I took this acting class because, you know, I had this whole project that in mind about being this director and I was going to shoot my own work. And then I was in this play, I was in this, I was in this acting class um, and was asked to audition for this play called Cloud Nine by Carol Churchill. Mm. Um, mm. And, you know, it was really the first time that, that I, That act, I've experienced acting being something that you could really make choices with, Um, and I was playing the slave Joshua, which is specified to be played by a white actor, not in blackface, Um, because there's all sorts of cross-gendered casting and such. But um, yeah, and it was physical, it was dynamic, it was it was engaging with ideas, and that was that was the beginning, not the bug. Yeah,
0: and. Were your parents like very supportive of you becoming an actor? or Was there um, sort of hesitation or animosity about it?
2: No, they were they were very supportive. I mean, my my father had always wanted to be a playwright, and my mother mm. had been a social worker, counseling psychologist, and then went mm. to MFA in creative writing. And so she was a writer. So it's like
3: my mom's a writer too. Really? Yeah. Asked, yeah. something about it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, 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 there's some, you know, and, and like, it kind of, my, my dad, you know, recently talked about how his, his father would have been an actor if if like, if he hadn't gone to war (laughs) War (laughs) or two. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Supportive.
3: Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And then, so, so you went to college and then kind of what happened after that?
2: You know, I graduated, I moved here to New York. Um, worked on this play. You know, I, 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 you know, I'd grown up on the East Coast. I, I went to college in the East Coast. I was like, I, I moved to New York, and I and I needed I needed a break. I wasn't ready to live here. I moved to L.A. Um, after doing this play here that that, that did okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, it took in place. Um, you know, and 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 I moved to San Francisco, and I quit acting for a while. You know, it was maybe about three four months. And I I, I, you know, I think I I needed some distance, you know, and and I spent that time like learning a little bit of Russian, which is ultimately like weirdly paid off.
3: (laughs) Oh my gosh, I have been actually (laughs) starting to learn Russian. I was like doing some exercises today because I have a job that I just got a like new day job that may require me to like know a little bit of Russian, but I'm like really loving it. I mean, it's it's I mean, when you get to like the grammar, obviously it's Insane, but um, I just I like the phrases and like the language. I love languages. <laughs>
2: yeah, like the case. Yeah. I mean, it gets really complex. It's like cases, and you ultimately kind of
3: yeah uh, tenses kind of
2: and nouns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a really beautiful language, you know, and mm-hmm. I, and and I, and I guess I, you know, I would actually trained with like the Moscow Art Theater at this like kind of summer conservatory that they had in, in Cambridge, Mass, and it was you know everything was translated from russian so maybe that carried over but
1: Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i
2: just needed a break like yeah and then and then moved to la um did the la thing for a couple years um and and then got into grad school you know like uh, how
3: how did you like make that decision like i'm going to go to you, you took a break from acting and then maybe did you have like some like realization or revival of your passion or was it just like kind of you know on a whim
2: I kept failing I think
3: yeah (laughs) relatable very relatable yeah (laughs) I feel like I'm in my fail era right now so this gives me um this is encouraging
2: (laughs) yeah and it's like it's something that's like it's so like I feel it's maybe that's changing and that it's, we're starting to accept failure. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I felt it was like failing in like technique and stamina. Mm -hmm. I like Mm -hmm. didn't have tools. I mean, I think I just, I think I just operated from instinct Mm
1: -hmm.
2: a lot of the time and I had strong instincts. Um, And that's like what got me cast when I got cast. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I applied for a couple of years and I was actually in this play in, in Pennsylvania, it was this really awesome play um, called "Fallow" by this playwright Kenneth Lynn. and um, it's about this kind of this into the wild kind of thing where this kid takes a summer job as a beekeeper and um, travels the country, and is, he's mistaken to be Mexican by by skinheads and murdered. Mm. Cool. Yeah, and it was like, <laughs> I, but like I, it was like you know, it was. I would say like meat and potatoes, like American realism, and mm-hmm. and I didn't really know, like the more naturalistic something was, the more lost I was. Like I only knew how to like make these bold and in insane, uh, colorful choices and and like work in ways that were. I don't know, you know, like
3: maybe like character acting or yeah, just like very like maybe a bombastic like and then you kind of walk away and you're like that was something that happened I guess you know um Totally, totally yeah I'm kind of the same way like I or some maybe there's like a disconnect between like what the project is calling for but I'm like in my own kind of and I think also like you know I've had experience like being a like kind of a repeat character actor which is fine but sometimes like my character actor mode like T- attaches on to like a role or a project and I'm like coloring this character with like my own sensibility already when I'm like maybe I need to just like turn the notch down something something needs to be reworked with me so yeah
2: no totally and like I, yeah. I, I think like working from the outside first you know like I, I remember yeah. like well I fell in love with acting around the time I was like I found like Jeffrey Wright's work it was like he was like a chameleon in every right part yeah every, like I was like sometimes you see someone doing something and you're like i want to do that i don't know how to do it but i want to do it you mm-hmm. know um but like I th- the thing about naturalism is it, i don't even know what that means anymore yeah um, me neither <laughs> I, I mean like I, you know these are yeah. sort of these like base kind of you know t- touchstones that like are you now feels sort of, i don't even know what experimental theater is anymore i don't mm-hmm. think it really exists but um but yeah, like so much of it is just like trusting the self. I'm like,
0: you know, it's like yeah. Really and hard. You, and you, uh, so you studied a little bit with like the Moscow Art Theater at, I'm assuming at the American Repertory Theater.
2: Yeah, it was like it was like a summer program they had for. I was still in college, but it was like a summer program that they had for for people who didn't get into the A.R.T. Mm-hmm. Bar, more or less. And um, and I was interested in that because. You know, it was like a six week intensive, and it was it was you know very action focused, um, mm. and their taste was 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 actually quite you know not, not reflect not not what you'd expect. You know, it was it was larger and bigger, and they they were they wanted us to make bigger. This was like two thousand six. My God. But, mm-hmm. um,
0: yeah. And it's sad because like ART doesn't even exist anymore or like that, that program doesn't exist anymore. I don't think.
2: Well, it's funny. Cause I kept applying that program and like, I kept not getting in. And then. And, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know. but yeah,
0: like the training of the American actor, I've, I, I mean, how do you feel about it?
2: It's so interesting. In its, its current like, state.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah like. I don't know i mean i think everything's being upended right now and in in like in the academy and oh, especially with these mfa programs um mm-hmm. you know i I'm, I'm so grateful for the training i, I mean the, the, i i i ended up going to brown and i, I applied mm-hmm. the year i got in i got I, the year i applied i got in like the first time i well obviously i mean the first time i applied i got in and you know i think um there's no and i have a lot of friends who like have applied to schools and still applying to schools and it's like there's no right answer i mean like right years ago you would just intern somewhere and, mm-hmm,
3: right never.
2: yeah it's like an yeah.
3: impre- apprenticeship basically yeah. yeah yeah
2: yeah and i think that that's what um i mean i think that's what they were after you mm-hmm. know at, at, i went to the program at trinity and like you know we would see the work that they were doing and our and our, and our faculty were working on in shows as actors um but yeah sorry your question was like what like what do i this, yeah, this,
0: yeah the state of uh like the the training of the contemporary state of the training of the american actor you know um is it helpful at this point or you know is the academy like beyond mm-hmm. help at this point i guess is what i'm trying to get at
2: yeah like i I wish I knew. I mean, I think people, I think, right, I think it's so, it's like competitive to get into programs, particularly right now, because like there's, there's very little work and like. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I tell people like, there is no, there is a blueprint. There is no right answer. You mm-hmm. know? What happens, yeah. happens. Like it's God, maybe, you know?
3: Yeah.
2: And mm-hmm. every program is so different, you know? And I think, mm-hmm. I think like, I, I, <laughs> I will say like, I thought that like grad school would save my life and
0: I yeah not <laughs> 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 I used to have those feelings too and that's why I was like oh my god like I'm gonna go to grad school I'm gonna mm-hmm. do it and then like COVID happened and then I was like I don't think that it's for me anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> at least right now yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm,
3: definitely I it's funny like the state of so when I was in college you know I went to a small very small state school with small acting like theater program. But um, obviously, we just like, we're taught the Stanislavski standard method, you know, very action based. Um, But I mean, Stanislavski, it's, there's a lot, it's very, there's a lot of information in all of his books. And I, I almost wondered that, You know, maybe there's something happening with how people have implemented it and how sort of the method has evolved um, and his teachings have evolved. Because I think, like you said, every program is so different, everybody has their own ways that they, you know, you know. Um, use that. the and uh, understand yeah. and teach it and uh, practice it. Essentially, um, when I was in college, the the Alexander method was like taking off, yeah. and it was like that, that was like very like ooh, it's like novel and new and woo woo and like kind of strange um, with like new different exercises. I mean, to me, I think it's a very like personal thing. A lot of the um, theory discourse is very discoursey I think at the end of the day, um, you can only like grab on to a lot of different things and use them for yourself in the best way that you can. My acting, you know, teacher always used to tell me, like, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. Like, whatever works for you. Like, we can do these two-hour classes three times a week, but, like, at the end of the day, just, like, you got to do what works for you, you know?
2: Yeah, and it's, like, every project will call for a different set of tools. Oh, so, yeah, you know, like definitely. The is always different, and the demands of the piece are different. And yeah. it's going to call for... You know, a, a different skills. I feel you yeah. know.
3: So what was um? What do you think that has there been a role like in your career where it called for something kind of out of the ordinary or something that you weren't used to?
2: <sighs> yeah, I, I played uh, Tyrius in this play called The Love of the Nightingale. Uh, by Timberlake Wartenbacher. and I had to kind of trust that I could be larger than I thought I was. Like, I had to, and like, that was the hardest thing. It was really tough, and I don't know if I got there. It was in grad schools. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of like permitted to fail to some degree.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The language is very spare, and he's just this conqueror. Mm-hmm you know, he's Spartan. And that's the first thing that came to mind. I'm Mm -hmm. sure that I'm going to think of something in like, you know, an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
3: yeah. I mean, every new project essentially like surprises you in a different way each time. Um, Because like the project, every project is different. And then every role calls for something different. And um, I think, yeah, I think it's always good to kind of like set yourself up to be surprised like that's usually my kind of mode I just like think it's always best to just approach everything with a sense of um like openness and embrace yourself to be afraid and be surprised um at, at something like there's always like some new novelty everywhere you look in a new in a new role so I yeah I think every single opportunity is like just an opportunity sort of I mean, even on, in auditioning, honestly, like, I think in auditioning is almost like, I, I hate doing it, but I learn I walk away with something, something every single time, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's always, no matter how much you prepare or a little or whatever, like it, it's always a structured improvisation.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. And, and whatever it's the- happens is going to happen basically.
2: Yeah. Like it's hard to, it, you know, there's a balance between like I want to bring my choices, and mm-hmm. I want to do what I like to do, but that might not serve the project, might mm-hmm. not serve text, but okay, let's find out, you know, and yeah, yeah, and that element of surprise, I think, is is the most important because that's when the discoveries yeah. happen. Mm-hmm.
3: Definitely. Um, Josh, were you going to say something?
0: Um. Well, I, I was looking at your resume. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I noticed that you um worked um with Lapita Nyong'o.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was my dialect coach for oh, Cloud9 when we wow. were in together. Yeah.
3: Nice. <laughs> Very cool.
2: Yeah. Did you
0: learn anything? I mean, what did you learn from her?
2: Oh, um, well, so and and then later she stayed with me in LA um, after she shot 12 Years a Slave and I was applying to grad schools.
3: Nice.
2: And she helped me with my with my audition pieces. Um, oh, wow.
3: Nice.
2: Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, great. It's incidentally, It was the year I got into school. Yeah. You know? Nice. Um,
1: um, it said, you know, yeah. she
2: said she had notes. She was like, she was like, you, you know, is a, it was a monologue from O.Dad, oh, poor Dad. I mean, I'm so relieved they don't have to do monologues anymore. But um...
3: oh my gosh, <laughs> those were the days.
2: <laughs> but she said, like, you know, you need in in the the context of the piece, she's like, if you don't get this get this from her, from 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 the obstacle, you know, you, it's a life. Or, she she emphasized a life or death mm-hmm. situation or the, the life or death stakes. Like, you will die you know, and I thought that was really interesting, you know, play it as far as you can. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, she prepared me, I think she, she definitely prepared me for for the rigor and the intensity and the madness of, of a conservatory. Because right. you're, you're forced to look at parts of yourself that you hate. I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. the crazy thing is, is like you, the thing that gets you in, you have to let go of, like within the first. Yeah. You know, and 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 it was just you know you're 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 leveled in that first four months and mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah she says that she learned how to cry on command in grad school. Did you also <laughs> learn how to cry on command in grad school?
2: Actually, kind of. I mean, my our head acting teacher used to say this, and every time I'm in my head in rehearsal, he says, "High school kids do this all the time." <laughs> act we just act yes
3: that's what I always say just act just fucking do it just act like it
2: yeah (laughs) Ryan McElhinney you know he says says, you just do it there's no perfect circum you know it's like Mm -hmm. of course there's the there's the research it's the preparation there's the circumstances but it's like Mm -hmm. you just do it and yeah part of the philosophy there or I would say the pedagogy there was just like making acting doable and actually kind of simple right Mm-hmm. and making totally. events happen in space it was always about serve the play make the play happen mm-hmm. if you're the lead you're you're in support of the play
0: right mm-hmm. Anne bogart talks about that a lot where she's like talk about the, what the play wants rather than like what your character or yeah. i want
3: or how you're going so it, how you are going to do your work on the play sort of
0: you know?
1: Yeah, like yeah. yeah,
2: totally, and like, and it sort of takes the pressure off you, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like actually, exactly. We're, we're self-absorbed, you know, and innately, you know. I think, well, I mean, at least I am. <laughs> 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 but like, you know, and and I think that like that anything you can to take the onus off yourself and the pressure off yourself of being brilliant. I mean, my my teacher used to say, "Just if you try and be brilliant, you won't be brilliant."
1: Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because well, it's we all want to like, be brilliant, a- but like. Right?
0: right (laughs) because it's like anytime that you do make a piece of art like it is like of like in service and of some in in service of something bigger you know something spiritual something beyond like metaphysical yeah Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm. always yeah um I was wondering has there ever you know you're going through this journey was there sort of a role or a job that you got that sort of injected you with a lot of confidence and made you think like maybe this is something I can sustain long term like what was like a huge maybe high is there like any highlights um that you have
2: yeah yeah I mean like anytime I book anything
3: I yes <laughs> I agree <laughs> agreed
2: I mean I think I mean it's sort of like those years after school or you I learned more than I did in school um and you know it's it's, I did this production of Shakespeare in Love in Boston and, you know, I was the lead and it was like, mm-hmm. it was, it was really hard, but of course, as it would be, I think I'd never really felt like I'd carried a show before.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. And I, I, I do feel like I rose to the task. Um,
1: That's not awesome. an odd
2: play because like he kind of disappears halfway through the text but
0: <laughs> I was, yeah i was gonna say i i saw that play a couple of years ago <laughs> i don't like it it's like i wish so that stopper yeah
2: like stop i wish yeah. sort of that stopper had adapted it he didn't even though he wrote the screenplay mm-hmm. like so yeah
0: the film is amazing the film is
2: incredible yeah <laughs> but totally
0: it's completely
2: different
0: yeah yeah yeah
3: <laughs> um um so when you moved to New York, um, what was your experience like, you know, t- having that sort of take off? Um, like what, what has, what was your journey like? Had you ever lived in, I mean, you were living in New York for the first time. So um, yeah, what was that like?
2: Oh, that first year was horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was like being 22 again and graduating from college. and yeah.
3: starting I, from complete, gra- just zero.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and I th- I think like I would had this pull to Berlin because I'd had this fellowship during school that was like amazing and I was like should I be there the work there was so compelling and my, here I am auditioning for these jobs I don't quite connect with but I, I mean I think that first year is just like people just want to get to know you they might not hire you they might mm-hmm. and even though that was you know, made clear to me, I still didn't quite get it. And I think mm-hmm. like, how am I gonna make a living here? Um, Cause then
3: you're like, oh, wait, I have to make friends first. Like, you know, it's yeah, like yeah, a weird yeah. concept. like, especially when you're sort of, you know maybe in in like the like maybe sophomore era of your life you know, you're like, wait, I have to sort of still keep starting over like every single time, you know, it's yeah, it is very strange.
2: No, totally. And it was like, and I have, a, and then I have like, I didn't have a ton of debt, but I had mm-hmm. some, I mean, they were pretty good about financial aid, but like I had some and it's like, what, like, what are, like, how do I, do I just pour myself out to everything? Right. <laughs> Where's the integrity? Like, I'm not passionate about this. I'm passionate about this. does <laughs> mm-hmm, right. it matter.
3: Right. It's um, very yeah, and, and like you
2: said, like, who's my community, you know, like.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It is hard. I mean, first few years and I think you know I mean even I was born grew up in Chicago and the extended like Midwest era but when I moved um because I went to you know uh college in Virginia but when I moved to Virginia back to the city probably uh, my first three years were like horrible back here (laughs) you know it was just like I I, you know I arrived in my rags and my tatters and I'm you know it took me like three years to, you know, feel like I'm not in rags and tatters anymore. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it's hard. Um, but I think along the way, like you just find um, or you have to like generate like as much like energy and like find different strategies, I think. Um, I think and also I think I what I've found is just like just talking to people has like really helped um, and like reaching out like random to random people and like engaging with people has like been a huge uh like point of growth for me um that's like generated you know more community more people more in you know in real life and off uh, online kind of community making which has been nice but yeah I mean starting and then you know starting over again and again you know can be it's just, it's awful. I mean, you just, but I think you, you, you know, you eventually, you know, sustain sort of like, oh, this is maybe normal. You know, this is something I can, I can deal with.
2: I do think, yeah. I mean, I think people, a lot of people want to help people. Yeah. You know? And I learned this, like my writing mentor, Jonathan, like in LA, like people helped him in the eighties, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that there is a, there is a a shared, Think there's, a, there's a professional understanding of like of paying it forward as cheesy as that expression mm-hmm. is but i think like you know that is the that's kind of part of the craft like if you don't give away what you got for free not free mm-hmm. <laughs> you know then um you'll lose it maybe maybe that's part of it you know and I, and I i have found that people are a lot more approachable than than i thought they would be oh and yeah it, it's like the nightmare in my mind that they're just gonna shut the door in my face and yeah whatever but it,
3: it's all it's like the whole like ask and you shall receive thing yeah and it, it's almost like you were talking about like just act just act upon it just, just do yeah, just it ask. you know like you wouldn't think
2: <laughs> exactly it's like being in the room it's being in the, it's like being in the rehearsal room like make the choice see what happens mm-hmm. yeah make, make the ask and and you don't know that like some other energy takes care of the result
3: you yeah know? and i mean when i took a um in my directing class in college, we would always say like, the best thing um, you can do to an actor is tell them just to try. Like, let's try this. You know, you don't have to do it. Just, you know, try that and like, see if that works and we can, you know, put a button on that and we'll keep it. Um, But yeah, I think it's just all about trying to just act, you know, Um, but yeah. So what have you um, been working on like more recently or maybe in the last couple of years?
2: um yeah I have been well so this pandemic happened
3: mm-hmm. yeah so uh-huh. how how was that like with when the pandemics like hit like w- what like in your extended community as well like how was that affected
2: it was so weird because it was like I was getting like a lot of unemployment <laughs> and, yeah like, Not didn't have anything to do and felt this expectation to to produce, write, create, which I did a little bit of. Um, you know, I'm incredibly fortunate. Um, so I'm grateful, but the whole lifeline was just cut, you know, there was yeah. people left, people moved, you know, and I think um, you know, and and I worked like on this 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 Netflix show like like a day of like just two weeks before the pandemic mm-hmm. happened and and, and it, it felt like there was some energy that was happening. You know, I I had, a, you know, a new agent and everything, but um, it really wasn't until, you know, I I went to this play in March that was like, I guess, illegal in in Stytown, which is this part of New York. It's, it's kind of a housing development. That was, I think it was built in the forties and it has a lot of character. My friend reached out to me. <laughs> My friend Vince was in this, Red Scare reading group. Um, and he says, hey, you know, I'm in this reading group. Do you want to come to see this play? know, It's like, yeah, oh, it's like March of 2021. Like, what? <laughs> and so there was some danger and some excitement. It's, it's died time, would have been there, but I've heard of it. a bunch of people packed in this room No one's really wearing a mask. And and that was, and, and I got talking to the playwright, uh, this, this guy Matthew Gazza and um, we continue having conversations for the for the next several months and um, workshopped this play all the mournful voices up up in Maine um, through this company In vulnerable nothings um, this was in June and it was incredible to be working on something again
1: mm-hmm. you know yeah
2: I thought I'd forgotten how to act you know, like, you have to practice it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, a couple months later, we started rehearsals for this play called Ardor, um, which we performed in um, two living spaces in um, here in New York. But yeah, it, it, that was like, it was actually, we, we had an audience and, and then, and mm-hmm. it was the point at which like nothing was playing. And so a mm-hmm. lot of people came and it was thrilling and people were not wearing masks and it was fucking awesome like to be in a room again and you know post post I don't know post pandemic um sorry I'm rambling a bit but but yeah yeah that that yeah that was that's been the last couple months and then I'm working on two plays of this right now too
3: wow yeah I um just read Matthew's play this morning and I was very impressed with the amount of sophistication and also subtlety in it, yeah. I thought it was very poetic. But also, it brought about like this very interesting, um, like uh, sub genre of almost like existentialism
1: yeah.
3: um, that I thought was very accessible. And I was like, I was super impressed because it's so deep and um, it kind of really goes into a lot of different. Uh, like parables and themes that are really easy to, for anybody to latch onto, but are very simple but extremely very deep and like it goes into like very deep themes um, so yeah I, I was like very very impressed with the writing I thought it was very smart and I think that kind of writing is almost like oh my god, like, of course, like, it's so simple, like, you wouldn't even think of it, because sometimes when you approach writing something, you want to make it, you know, bombastic, and, you know, huge, or novel, Um, but I really enjoyed sort of, like, the simplicity of that.
2: This was all the mournful voices?
3: Yes, (laughs) yeah, sorry. Yeah,
2: (laughs) Yeah. no, I mean, it's, it's spare, in a way, but not, because there's all this, you know, beautiful biographical information that we hear from each of the characters yeah and you know where it takes place on the easter sunday after the assassination of lincoln in a Mm -hmm. a tavern and we think that it might be purgatory Mm
3: -hmm. that's what um, i kind of yeah yeah. Yeah. i got like sort of if it was like sartre's no exit but way more interesting and entertaining and more robust with a lot more of like meat like it's very meaty there's a lot of information and it's actually entertaining um but it is like that existentialism and it, it does feel sort of like purgatory there's no really where there's nowhere for them to go sort of right yeah and it's like
2: and you're dealing with the stranger as he's known who may or may not be John Wilkes Booth, like, mm-hmm.
1: is
2: kind of the ultimate American villain, and, and an actor, actor. Yeah. <laughs> yep, <laughs> <laughs> the true evil thespian. It's yeah. true,
0: it's true. It's related to Edwin Booth, right? Who's yeah, like, and that's what they named the Booth Theater after in New York, right?
2: Yeah, and he mm-hmm. performed at BAM, just blocks oh. mm-hmm. away. Yeah.
3: Wow, that's awesome. So what's your, um, you know, what's your schedule looking like these days? Um, kind of like what has, what has your routine been? I mean, I think it's always like, I, I'm super crazy about structure. I need, yeah. cause I'm very like, as an actor, I'm so good at showing up. If you tell me to be somewhere at a certain amount of a certain time, I'll yeah. be there like three hours before. And then I will like leave like two hours after it's over. Um, so what is your sort of approach to structure how do you you like implement like structure in your life um, in an industry that's you know kind of always going on the fly
2: I definitely go to the gym more than I read
3: yeah (laughs) I do I do do as well (laughs)
2: Um, I think lately because we started rehearsals for this last week it's been nine to five four every day, 11 mm-hmm. to four every day, and that's, I love it, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a schedule, and, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's a lot, it's an adjustment to get used to the rehearsal schedule, mm-hmm. and, 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 like, like any other job, I mean, like, it's, like, like any other job, like, you're sitting, you know, you could take multiple, I mean, I don't know what mm-hmm. defined vocation, but, like, you're on the whole time,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, during- And sometimes
3: you're on your feet the whole time, you know, Which like- Which I am. I
2: mean, my yeah. rule in the play as of right now is that I don't sit.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, well, I sit on the floor once, but, you know, cause I'm, you know, but, but yeah, like I'm on my feet and, and you're, you have to, you, there's no tuning out cause just, you can't, you know? Um, and that's been my schedule the last two weeks. Um, but yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I love it because otherwise it's really hard to maintain, you know, being an actor, you're like kind of isolated and
3: mm-hmm. if you're
1: not
2: working on something. you're. I mean, I, I'm kind of a disaster if I'm in charge of my own time. I mean,
3: yeah. You know? I'm so bad at being, I'm so bad at being my own manager. Like, I just need, somebody to say, Maddie, you have to be here at this time, please, and then you have to just stand there or do something, and then you have to leave at this time. Like, to me, that was like a, such a gift, because I don't, I'm, you know, I don't think we a, do well, isolated, you know, kind of, you know, a very idle for very much long. It's like a ticking yeah. time bomb and like structure, I think, and patterns are very, very important to like humans in general, but, um, yeah, what is, what would you say is, like, your warm-up schedule, like, warm-up routine? Do you have anything specific?
2: I mean, if it's daily, it's pen to paper. Like, just get the thoughts yeah. out, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, ideally, I would, I would do a vocal warm-up every day mm-hmm. on rehearsal, but that's not quite consistent. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm not moving my body at least six days a week, which includes yoga and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm like losing time. You know, it's funny, it kind of started in grad school, um, you know, because of like prepping for showcase and like being vain mm-hmm. and like, you know, looking like a mannequin and shining your shoes for that showcase. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, like, oh, this is actually like, I feel so much better like when mm-hmm. I'm I, moving. I like, why the fuck didn't I do this in college when I was like at my prime? Like, what?
0: <laughs> it's always all about the body.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: It it really is. I um I mean these last uh, probably six months. I've since like you no know, since last November I started lifting weights and like actually taking that really seriously and doing that probably like four times a week. And I just feel like my body has completely transformed. I you know was able to like restructure and actually sculpt my body in a sustainable way. And I literally feel like completely different person. Ten times stronger, able to sustain myself for longer, more energy, and it's just like, well, I'm like, okay, this feels good. It is extremely hard to like be your own yeah. manager and stay consistent, um, but. Yeah, I'm the same way. I like I like to like keep a journal and like write things down so I can track my progress and everything. And I sort of I, I like to keep a journal for like new projects and things because I I feel like if I am working independently a little bit, I can like take see like my journal or maybe my writing as sort of my manager
0: yeah. to like
3: remind me like something or at least something is like structured in a way, even if I'm not very structured. Um, but yeah, super, super helpful. Yeah. And it's hard because when you maybe do have a work schedule where you're all over the place, maybe you're contracting and the schedule is different every single time, it's hard to, you know, implement a new schedule or new kind of workout routine every single time. Um, and then keep that consistent and hold yourself accountable. Um, so it is like super, super really hard and very, you have to be very strategic with your like time management. Definitely. Um,
2: yeah, not like, and not meme. Just kidding.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you can definitely meme for sure. I mean, I do um, think,
2: like, I do think that, like there is this, like, the more I'm in my body, like, the more I'm, the more present I, am. if I can be physically oh. present, right? Like
1: mm-hmm.
2: in the room. And, you know, and, 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 and I, I you know, and, and like I will say, like, it's, it's been really helpful writing as like a, just as like a tool, you know, for for my own sanity when I'm not in a show or whatever, but like Mm -hmm. really piecing together what's going on with this text. Cause it's, it's like, this is maybe one of the hardest roles I've had. I mean, it it doesn't look that way on the page, but it's like, he's so spare and, you know, the characters like finding that he's like very old Testament. And it's like, but if I can get the words out, it's like, it's like almost like acting is writing, writing is acting,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and, and like, I meant to say like, I, I'm working on my meditation routine, mm-hmm. but I think that's huge too. Cause like, I can be a terrible listener.
3: <laughs> I'm the same way. Cause I'm very like, ooh, something shiny, you know I'm very attentive in a rehearsal room but if it's like uh, going on hour nine or something and like, we're having a conversation it's like I'm like, score, you know, looking somewhere. And it's like, so it's like, I really hate myself. If somebody like catches me, like going, I'm like a horrible listener in that way. It sucks. i <laughs> just like, what yeah, the hell? No, but yeah, it. no, meditate. No, meditating, I think, yes. I, uh, what is, well, so how is that going? Because I <laughs> don't know how to meditate. Um, I've done it many times with many different strategies. I mean, obviously in acting school, we, do meditate like together but when you're on your own and you don't have someone holding you accountable like i don't know how is that going
2: (laughs) like it's i don't like i go i go through periods of 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 it where i'm somewhat consistent and periods i'm not and you know my mind is busy you know um but I, i think that that's like kind of where the magic happens is if you're able to just engage with breath I mean they were big on this in school mm-hmm.
3: did you learn the um, the ujjayi, uh breathing where you like um, if you go to a yoga class yeah, you'll, yeah, see, yeah. you'll hear they people do, I do it. it I love to breathe like that because it just like feels nice but yeah it is like you breathe from or breathe out through your nose through the back of your palate um, but yeah you if you go to yoga class I always hear people doing that and then I wonder if they're actors and then then you do the um the breathe yeah josh and i talked about this about when you breathe like really like do the ha 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 like you, like breathe out like very so, like uh, intensely yeah definitely <laughs> yeah. um
2: yeah and i think like it's like it's so hard i mean it's like the thing about particularly with like verse or like shakespeare or like anything with heightened language where you're not mm-hmm. really engaging in a lot of subtext is is like it's like thought is breath, is feeling, is mm-hmm. like the whole thing.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the actual breath is a part of the text, essentially. The breath yeah. actually like is a, almost like a character in the, in the play, sort of.
2: And you have to like breath, like the, you know, literally like inhaling is, is you're taking, you have to take in, I mean, and I'm saying this so I can remind myself because, mm-hmm. You know, there are actors who are better at. Oh, there's no other way to say it. Putting out.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: But like there are actors who are like who are better at their strength is making choices and making those choices happen. And there are actors who are quite skilled at taking in. You know, mm-hmm. like and you have to develop one or the other. If you know, are you a lefty or a righty? You know.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. You know, I I have very like sh- I take very shallow breaths that like are from essentially just like from my bust up because I hold all my tension. Obviously, most people do hold hold you hold tension in your um, in your up shoulders, upper chest, upper shoulders, and back, um, and then I think I'm like, what if I, what if for once in my life, I just like breathe from my actual stomach, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's in the, it just, in usually that's all my problems, like go away. Like, I'm like, okay, what if I just breathe from my stomach for once <laughs> or for a long period of time? And that is usually almost like a half meditation for me that I use if I'm just like working or going about my day, that's like really helpful. Cause it's almost like it's, it, our bodies are actually wired to calm down when we breathe from a deeper place. Interesting. Cause we're, in, cause we're not in a fight or flight mode when we're right. breathing shallowly, we're like fight or flight, someone's coming to get me. I'm about to have a panic attack and yeah. now I'm distracted. So yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: It's the score yeah body does keep the score it's true yeah um oh oh,
3: yeah
0: no you can go josh (laughs) (laughs) going off what you were talking about with attention um i just want to say that m bogart has a really great quote where she talks about like how you attend to things determines Mm. what the thing becomes Mm -hmm. and i live by i try to live by that even though like i really do struggle although i think we all do struggle with like being present but like I, uh, that's like always what pops into my head when I think about presence. hmm yeah. yeah. Like
3: how you rise to the occasion to something and how yeah. like, you treat it, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like mid-pandemic,
2: I was like listening to Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now, like an audio book. Yes, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Like every, think, yeah.
0: Yeah, every I think it's one of the best books that. on acting that is not about actually about acting.
2: Yeah, yeah, hands down. I mean, like I won't <laughs> listen to it all over again because it's like the like not only is it just about presence but it's just like the moment it's also just like simple it's like every moment
0: yeah
2: (laughs) now you know yeah Also, you have to like the audiobook's amazing because like his like voice and Mm
1: -hmm.
0: he's very soothing very yeah like
2: like, german accent yeah yeah
0: (laughs) yeah well and I think that that's because like Stanislavski was very inspired by yoga and so I think like that I think that that travels down through the lineage a little bit Mm -hmm. and that's why actors get so um excited by self-help books is because
3: (laughs) yeah they do it's true
0: (laughs) I think that they have very similar like energies Mm -hmm. yeah for sure I mean I what's interesting
2: I just something came to mind when you said that M. Bogart sort of it's almost like the thing you focus on you know I think like I'm so used to operating in lack. You know, like, oh, I didn't get this job. I don't have that thing. Like, mm-hmm. so-and-so got that thing. I think, like, I don't know. Like, lately, I've just been, like, trying to hate the new age of woo-woo stuff sometimes. It's like, well, if I focus on the thing I have, <laughs> I don't know.
3: Yeah, that's true. It's hard, and it's hard as fuck to do, but it's, like, I think, but I think, you know, I think, obviously, we, as actors, feel this more severely because it's our job to... Be rejected but i think you know it's just it's very natural everybody you know has to sort of um, avert uh the and be um very suspicious and uh what's the word i'm trying to say um superstitious almost yeah. um to avert like the the evil eye like we always talk about envy and how like Envy, what you're doing when you're envious is you're sort of rending yourself, rendering yourself as um, subordinate and like less than, but you, in order to like bring yourself out and inject yourself with a little confidence, you want to um, approach your life and your career trajectory with a sense of graciousness and gratefulness and that yeah. sounds so cheesy but yeah. you, obviously at the end of the day we're all like so fucking miserable when we're constantly you know railing through all of these things that all these things that other people have that mm. we um you know we might want and it makes us extremely like resentful and ugly and stressed out um and yeah and it's obviously it's a easier said than done but yeah. I think it's something that I think about every day um to sort of embrace um your projects embrace all the things you have going on with like so much uh, energy and happiness and like gratefulness and presence um and I also think like when you do get envious of somebody you're almost like um you know, ruminating on something that happened maybe two days ago, some, somebody got something a couple days ago in the past, or maybe they're just got it this morning. It's like, just focus on what you are receiving right now. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um,
0: And George, um, you're also working or we're working on Minotaur, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, What was the energy in that room like for that reading with, Everybody.
2: Um, It was really alive, you know. Mm. Um, That play is, these characters are very, uh, how do I qualify this? They're regressing because they're, they've come home. This patriarch's father is on his deathbed and there's his stepson and and his two daughters and his wife and everybody's just not at their best and some of the language is so toxic like it's exhilarating to play but the challenge is finding range within that I mean it's beautiful play um and that room was that was fun. I mean, that was a highlight from, you know, the last several weeks, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Christian Lawrenson was a moderator and and Dasha also kind of co-moderated in a way. And Mm -hmm. um, it was exciting. And we were like, right, you know, right up against one of the performances of Times Square. And yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, it was like, there was a real enthusiasm for the work. It wasn't, it didn't feel indus- in industry in this mm-hmm. way. Good. You know, there was no yeah. like, let's like try and like, oh, but like so-and-so is coming. And so like make sure that's like, and that can be great. You know, I've done that, but it's like, we're in someone's house.
3: Yeah, it's for organic feeling, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 It's like a lot, a lot of Matthew's work is being is like being done in apartments and houses and I think like that adds like uh, a sense of like uh just ease to the work
2: it feels so much less precious to me it's Mm -hmm. not precious none of it's precious at all but it feels like kind of how I felt when I was in Berlin for like seven or eight weeks seeing work you know which is on a large scale but there's this sense of like I feel like the conversation is always like about something, whether something's good or not, mm-hmm. you know?
0: I'm like, I don't fucking care anymore. Like- Yeah. <laughs> right, because like, it's never about good or bad. It's like, no. did it work or did it not work, you right. know?
3: Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's more about like we acted and not like the value or the virtue it brought. Or like we did a show and yeah. it's less about the, the maybe measurable, uh, value or the metaphysical virtue—it's just about we did a play and we did it, and it, the energy was alive, and we had fun, and everybody was there, and it was very, very the level playing field because it's organic and it's in a living room, and yeah, it's just a very to me like it just seems like very simple.
2: Yes, yeah, and 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 it's just to say like you know his work is good like it you know yeah. and and and. But like the idea being like, the the event of it being in a living space adds mm-hmm. to the play. I mean, it's not just a yeah. play, but like you're, you're attending something that's like in someone's living space itself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, there's a level of, of like hyper intimacy that I think. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we're not staging all the Morphal voices in a living space, it's like, it's and he's not directing it. Um, this woman C.C. Kellogg is directing it, who he's worked, for, worked with before. Um, but it'll it'll still be just as intimate. And I think that mm-hmm. there's like a sense of kind of hyper-naturalism. Non-actors kind of in some ways playing themselves or people who are new to acting playing mm-hmm. something very close to themselves in some of his plays.
3: Yeah. and um, Oh, I was just going to say, I, I also um, read Minotaur today. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I... I love the characters; they're extremely dynamic. Um, a lot of the play is sort of about who you decide to be vulnerable to and why, right. and I thought that was really interesting and unique. And um, the play is a very uh, is written a very uh, very succinctly. Everything is very clear. The characters are. You understand kind of who they are immediately with yeah. in the first like 10-20 minutes of them being on stage, and I just really like that. I think yeah, it, it was extremely intimate. Like reading it as well, you get a really intimate. I I love a good uh, family drama. At that, oh, it's like kind of my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> my, my favorite plays are like family dramas, um, and yeah, I I think that's super super cool. What um, are what we gonna say, Josh?
0: Um, well no I was just gonna say like I'm very interested in that ending um, when I mean I don't want to give it away but I just feel like his play well that play feels very much like um, a sort of a return to nature in a Pallian sense interesting um, <laughs> um, I because I mean they're all like there's this um, kind of like the dominant uh, male forces in the family are like dying and then yeah um, <laughs> and then Uh, yeah so i'm just i just wanted to say that
3: (laughs) yeah it's almost like it's about like this inherited generational pattern making you have to go on when you know your your elders are you know start to waste away you have to step into eventually what you know you have to (laughs) like there's not a lot of it's about like controlling the um the, the path of your fate essentially <laughs> your pathological fate as well
2: yeah and I, and I think that like that's int- I hadn't I, you know I think that Theo his his hypersexuality almost it totally undermines him and mm-hmm. like, yeah like there's no
3: he's robbing himself of something you know yeah like, yeah
2: and even and even in his like his scene with Doug father is his his stepfather whom he hates you know or at least resents a lot um there's just there's there's no attempt at like a genuine connection and -hmm. and it's ultimately just like this failure and that there's like the Mm -hmm. broken chain because it's not his son right you know Mm -hmm. yeah
3: yeah and it's almost you almost feel like the sense of rejection too because it's because of the lack of connection and the lack of vulnerability between the characters, um, you almost feel like, oh, wow, there's like such a miss. There's such a huge miss uh, of like opportunity missed here for an actual genuine connection. And I was like reading it and feeling actually very heartbroken because you start to think about like your own family members and the things that get in the way with your own family connections and how you're able to resolve that or not. And I think that's the major dramatic question that the play is trying to ask. It's like, what are you willing to do to, you know, arise to the occasion for your family and break down some of those, you know, pathological barriers so you can be vulnerable. And are you willing to do that? and Or, or are you not, you know, and can you? Um, so yeah, I thought in that way, it was very thematically, very smart, very sophisticatedly written, yeah.
2: I do, yeah, I think they're there for each other at the end. I mean, yeah. I do, and well, at least the women or yeah. Doug and his daughters, but I do think that without giving anything away. And I do think that what's what's kind of, Compelling and original in a way is that the the husband, you know, um, the husband and wife, like they do love each other. Like their marriage yeah. isn't necessarily dysfunctional. They're just no. being honest,
3: yeah, you know? definitely.
2: Yeah,
3: so.
0: and you've been working on the play since January, every week.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, we were once a week, and then now we're. On hiatus because i'm working on all the multiple voices and our director is um he's israeli and he went home for a few weeks um and we're on a bit of a hiatus, hiatus since the mm-hmm. reading but um coming back to it and that's happening in late may may 27th mm-hmm. to june 12th or rough dates right now yeah
3: yeah how hard is it you know working or workshopping or developing a new project um, when, you know, everybody, you know, has different schedules, everybody's working on different things. Um, is that kind of tough to sort of consolidate everybody's, you know, schedule and plans?
2: I mean, I think it can be, but there's just so much heart yeah. in the work, you know, with, with those, with these last few plays. Yeah. And People
3: like... are passionate for sure.
2: Yeah, and yeah. I think that the pandemic shook people up in a way. Yeah, to prioritize. You know, if you're not, if you're not into it, like, I don't know, go program. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, or like, and I, and I and it, I mean, I think it was it was astounding. And that you know, we put together this thing, and 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 of course, you know, people, you know, people were unavailable for for certain dates, but it was like people really did show up and do show up, including mm-hmm. the audience too. You know. Yeah. I, mean, I think there's something like frustrating and exciting about him adding certain dates of certain shows. But I think ultimately, this is a bit of a tangent, but like, I think ultimately what he's after is like a tr- like an actual repertory with his work. Like he has this other play called the Quartet um, that he did with four other actors over the summer. And, you know, he lost an actor because she was unavailable and was easily found mm-hmm someone else to step into the role, Mm -hmm. not replace, because that person Mm -hmm. brought completely different energy. You know, Dimes Square, um, they lost an actor because of availability and they've brought in someone else. And so there's sort of this rotating, you know, I think the thing about like America, like the the structure of American theater is a huge tangent. It's like, why the fuck he plays close? No, this is is good. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. (laughs) Plays close. if a play is good, why the fuck is it closing? Like it, right? And, exactly. You know, it, it, Keep it central, going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like in, in you know, in, in central Central Europe, Eastern Europe, you know, they, of course, they have the funding structure is different, but like, and they're able to do this because of that. But you have a you have a repertory company, and they're still doing like you know the Shaobuna, the Thomas Ostermeyer Hamlet, which is incredible. They're still doing it from 2006 eight like they're able to continue to do it they tour it they n- nothing that's great and 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 beautiful like dies like of course exactly. theater is ephemeral ephemeral but they are able to sustain it and bring it back in for five weeks out of the year once a year you know schedules permitting and like it's oh, it's been my dream since being over there to to, to recreate that kind of structure because like
0: yeah yeah Yeah. it kind of harkens back to like how Sarah Bernhardt would like tour the states with like her like repertory of of roles like with Phaedra and Lady of the Camellias and 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 the American audience like ate it up and you know yeah like we don't have a contemporary like that a contemporary structure like that I guess right even in the
2: regions it's like something will will close and like they'll put they'll do a co-production somewhere else but you know I do think there's like i mean it's easier to i shouldn't say easier but it's like to do it in a in a, in a metropolitan city like new york or la or chicago would make more sense because you have tourists who come through and yeah mm-hmm. you know but so materially like in you know rhode island for instance like at trinity rep like they they can't keep a show going because rhode island is only the smallest state in the country mm-hmm. <laughs> but but yeah yeah
3: mm-hmm. yeah and um you know whenever uh at from all the plays I've, I've done, you, you know, the the play always evolves and changes and you learn something new about it every single time. And what you thought you knew what the play was about in the beginning, you know, completely changes by closing time. But it's like, why let that, why, why stop? Like if, it, yeah, like you said, if a play is good, like let's see how like new and unique and, you know, how it like morphs and changes over time is so interesting to me because um, it's different every time, but then it all, like there are things obviously like you need to keep and make sure that are consistent, but um, there's still new things that, and always that you can discover. And um, yeah, it's just very interesting to see, uh, like always like, I always look forward to like kind of looking back at my journal, um, you know, looking back at what the play looked like opening night and then closing, you know, looking back at you know how it is now and how different it is. and yeah. the, maybe there's so many different affects and inflections that were added that were actually discovered without any rehearsal, and they were discovered in time. then that's something that's like super unique to theater. And it's like, yeah, why, why stop that essentially?:
2: Yeah, let it, it like sits in the body for a few weeks or a day, yeah. you know yeah, I think a day off. Yeah.
3: Yeah, definitely. Well, are, I mean, other than that, like, are you, have any plans for these next couple of years? How is, yeah, how's New York doing right now? What would you say is, like, the community, like, over there?
2: Yeah, it feels like, you know, we're, it feels like things are opening up again. I mean, I know it's just Mm -hmm. crazy because I feel like a, a lot of these small, a lot of shows of, like, this week have, you know, everybody's testing, so for COVID and, and mm-hmm. mm, okay. like hyper hyper cautious and so we're in like a funny dance right now where it's like well you know you know things are things are being postponed. a lot of shows are being postponed small and large yeah. cast cast people you got cast you know casts of shows are getting or getting sick or or at least they're testing positive even if they're
3: mm-hmm. yeah
2: seriously ill makes sense but it feels like an exciting time to be here um, I think for the first time. I feel I feel actually good about, about, about being here, you know. And,
3: yeah.
2: and and I feel like I've finally be, have begun to find a community. And I think mm-hmm. that that's I think that's a large part of it. Rather than trying to kind of chase booking. Chase
3: the Dragon, essentially.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know, because it's chase like yeah.
3: It,
2: it's always like, you know, I'd love to I've learned a lot of, about on camera work since school because like 98% of our training was, was at the stage but you know I, I mean I I I don't want to I don't want to bartend anymore like <laughs> I <laughs>
3: yeah
2: I'd love to be I'd love to make money doing doing television you know
3: yeah and, definitely yeah so
2: you know um but I think like this the insanity of pursuing one thing that you have very little control for. mm-hmm um, as, as I like have experienced kind of it's kind of a recipe for disaster like you know you have to, you have to have for firm plant you know feet on the ground with with something that's kind of feeding you I guess I mean I'm just kind of realizing it you know and
3: yeah um, it's like you know you want to chase booking because <laughs> you almost think that's what you're like I almost thought like isn't that what I'm supposed to do? isn't that my job? Yeah, but yeah. There's so much that's out of your control. You have to let the booking come to you, and then you also have to define for yourself what is the what is the book, what is what's the booking for you, and what is your work, because the bookings that you're chasing are not going to be consistent, and it's going to be like a constant. You're gonna like you're gonna be like a dog like chasing its own tail. Like you're just essentially chasing your own, uh, you know, ephemeral like desire that's completely like transient and it's constantly coming and going. Um, But like you said, like structure, implementing like some kind of structure and routine is obviously super important and like helps you sort of like stay on the right path until you're able to like know like, oh no, this is my work that I do. And that's sort of what I've defined as an actor's, you know, vocation essentially.
2: Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, I, and I think like, I mean, I do think there's this a similar thing that's happening right now in, you know, what are they calling it? Like auto cinema? I, I you know, like, yeah. like a lot of actors yeah. like making their own, like the, you know, whatever, uh, you know, equivalent of that, of, of auto fiction in cinema and like actors making their own,
1: mm-hmm.
2: really making their own work and, 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 making, like, super, like, really strong, not, not some, like, dumb webisode, not if there's anything wrong with what, you, yeah. you know, I remember, like, <laughs> years ago, you know, I'm, like, um, it's, like, there's starting to be community of, like, act, you know, you're not, no one's, like, an actor anymore, you're, like, you're, you're just an actor, you're creating, you're writing, you know, it seems, and
3: you're a practitioner, you, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
2: and I saw, I saw Betsy Brown's actors, I, I just, like, was so inspired by, like, how much heart was in that, and, you know, and, like, portraying the struggle Mm
1: -hmm.
2: in in the piece it being kind of like docu fiction
1: yeah
2: um and like actually ryan's put together this workshop that that um kind of like-minded people are are a part of you know and Mm -hmm. and i think he's his plans are to keep extending it and you know i love i love writing i love writing i love writing my own stuff i love you know performing stuff that i've written it's it's Mm -hmm. fun it's it's scary it's you know, I want to do stuff that scares me. And, and, even, and even with like the, the on-camera stuff, you know, I just, I worked on a short film that a, that a friend of mine shot in Boston and you got funding for it. And I think that this whole idea of just like, you, like whatever on-camera equivalent is, is like of this theater, the extended theater community, like is, you're accruing, I mean, the, the advantage of on-camera is like, you're, you're able to accrue material that you can like put online and like ultimately mm-hmm. really just like see what you can offer. You know that's the thing about booking that fucking sucks like it it is a joke because it's just like so kind of ontologically like I know (laughs) (laughs) but I but I do I have like my on-camera coach he this guy John Shearer he's like you know you're synonymous with booking is like getting Mm -hmm. you're never getting you're always offering Mm.
3: yeah that's true
2: Hello, my name is George Leski. I'm five foot eight and I'm based in and currently in Brooklyn, New York.
0: Well, yeah. shall we do the the inside the actors studio <laughs> questions? <laughs> um, and uh, there might be some evil Despian questions. Please, please. Well. <laughs> um, I, so um, the first question is, uh, what is your favorite word?
1: whoa
3: i know it is such a weird question <laughs> or it could be a word that you like came across uh, like recently <laughs> that you really liked as well
0: right it doesn't have to be sound based it can be like visually you just <laughs> love the, w- the way the word looks
3: yeah <laughs> uh,
2: oh god so what is my f- what is my favorite word
3: I'm trying to think of my favorite word. Now. Favorite. Yeah. My favorite word, like recently I've really been into the word cadence because I was just talking to my friend about like rap cadences, and I was thinking, like, oh, I really like that word cadence.
0: <laughs> Prosody.
3: Prosody. That's yeah. a good one. That is a good one.
0: What is your least favorite word?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Collaboration. <No>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, we love collaboration. We love collaboration. The yeah. <laughs> um uh, <laughs> what what turns you on? Honesty. Mm. What, Kindness. Turns, you, what turns you off?
1: Pretension,
2: coldness. Mm. Um, uh, whatever, the, whatever the opposite of curiosity is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what sound or noise do you love?
1: The sound of a campfire, a fire outside mm. sticks mm. crackling.
0: What sound or noise do you hate?
2: anything made by a digital device.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I, what is your your sign, your astrological sign? <laughs> I'm just curious. Can you guess? Um, I, I get...
3: Wait, I um, Capricorn? I get
0: like Leo vibes maybe. <clears throat> Taurus.
3: Oh, okay, that, yes, yes, yes. yes. That was gonna be my oh. next guess.
1: Taurus, but Pisces
2: rising. Pisces rising
3: in.
0: yeah yeah okay so yeah. a little bit of the the artist yes in mm-hmm. there yeah. Makes sense. Nice. yeah um what is your favorite curse word trash mm. Mm.
3: that's a good one <laughs>
0: What profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
2: Oh, yeah. Either architect or sociolinguist. Okay. I love I love accents and dialects. I think they're like mm-hmm. infinitely fascinating.
0: Interesting.
3: There's um there's there's this YouTube uh uh accounts called like. Wick, it's what is it called? We were just watching it today. Wiki dialects, I think. I think
1: yeah.
3: and yeah, if you ever watched that account, it's like they basically have a video of someone speaking in a certain dialect or um, language for like every single country, every region. It's very, very interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. Crazy. Anyway, Josh, uh, continue.
0: <laughs> what profession would you not like to do?
2: a restaurateur Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Mm.
3: very stressful yeah yeah
2: and a lot uh, more drinking yeah lots of stress yeah profit margins yeah and like my heart it's like my heart goes out to you know it's a lot of like yeah
3: you you basically don't sleep essentially
0: Mm. no yeah Yeah. and then finally if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates (laughs)
2: I've loved you this whole time
3: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) and unfortunately we don't have any students to give to you but um the students sound off in the uh, comments yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) they are the people who listen to this podcast (laughs) love it no hit me up
3: (laughs) yeah so um I mean yeah do you have anything else to plug right now projects um social media website etc
1: oh
2: sure yeah no um follow me on on Instagram, which I'm addicted to. It's a real problem. We'll um, <laughs> link you in the bio. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my like link tree is on there. But um this was so fun. Thank you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for
2: being here. You're yeah.
3: welcome
0: back anytime.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'd love it. Like I hope I didn't maybe Ryan and I can do a, a dual episode.
3: Yeah, yes. that would be that would <laughs> be fun for sure. Yes, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, take care of yourself. You're doing Thank amazing. You. You're a rock star. Oh, um, keep keep going you've got it and yeah thank you so much for coming on we wish you the best of luck and literally everything you do so yeah yes
2: thank you appreciate yes. it love, i love the pod i gotta listen to the body episode now
3: oh, oh great yes. Yes. <laughs> thank
2: you <laughs> thank
3: you thank you so much i
0: appreciate um, it and
3: see you and